Hey everyone, Tom Fleming here, and if Marvel cards are your thing, then you've come to the right place with the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast. Hello everybody, my name is Ian Taylor and you are listening to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast, your weekly digest of hobby goodness. Joining me this week are two titans of the hobby. First up is my good friend, taste barometer and enabler, Donnie Courtrider, senior writer at Hipsters of the Coast, true magic for gathering aficionado and original art connoisseur. He also has a very fine, fine beard. (laughs) (laughs) You knew I was going to mention that. I I knew it. I knew it was coming. Yeah, you knew I was going (laughs) to. We got it out of the way early. Um, As I'm too much of a shy, retiring English wallflower to tackle this solo, Donnie joins me to interview one of the most creative Flemings in history. And no, I don't mean that Ian bloke who wrote the Bond books and who's been dead for years. I am, of course, talking about the award-winning artist Tom Fleming, who has created some original, incredible original art for Fleer Ultra Spider-Man, X-Men, and now the new Fleer Ultra Avengers set, or as we are contractually uh, obligated to call it on this show. Welcome to you both. I got through it. I got through it. I've been crafting that all morning. <laughs> you did good. Thanks, Ian. Yeah, yeah. Re- glad we're glad to be here this morning and stuff. And uh, I apologize for the lack of beautiful beard, but hey, hey, we'll hey. proceed. We can listen. Someone out there will probably take a still frame of this and Photoshop it. So. Hey. Uh, we'll have a we'll, we'll we'll give away a prize. We'll give away a prize for that. I'm I'm not sure what the prize will be. It'll be like one of those Marvel no prizes from back in the day. Yeah, um, right. So, um, <laughs> so um, Donny, you've been on here before. Tom, this is your first time. Um, so, and um, Tom, I I know we've been we've been wanting to talk to you for absolutely ages, but you know schedules and you wanted to wait until Fleer Ultra Avengers was coming so we'd have something to talk about. So here we are because it has dropped this past week um and uh, donny you've even opened some haven't you i have yep yep i picked oh. up some boxes on friday night uh i've opened three of the four so far oh um so and i've got nice. i've got some of tom's cards that we can look at in a little bit once we get Good. going i think i have all of them almost all of them in, in the base and then one green so hmm. we'll take a closer Good. look at those Good. Good. All right. Well, Tom. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back in time a little bit because I I can't assume that everyone on our show. Sorry, I've just dribbled water all over the place. I've got a drinking problem, and we're only a few minutes in the show. Um, I can't assume that everyone's going to know who you are, um, even though you're probably thinking, "How dare they?" So absolutely not. <laughs> assume one of these two scenarios, if you will. Either we yep. just met in a bar and the evening is young, or that you're in a job interview. So what I want to know is is how do you get here? What's that's what's the Tom Fleming origin story, Tom? Because you know I, I've looked at your Wikipedia, um, yep. which I'm sure was yep. probably riddled with errors. Um, so I don't want to assume that that everything written there is 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 written there. But what where did you? Because you, you're a professional artist, aren't you? This is a full time gig for you, yeah. Yes, it is. Yep. Yeah. So what? Where, where where did you kind of start from? Where, where do you get to Marvel? How does how does Tom Fleming become an artist and then get to Marvel trading cards? Okay, so um, yeah, little interesting. Uh, from the very beginning, um, of course, uh, went to uh, Syracuse University, studied in their uh, School of Visual Arts program, and that's and actually that's where I uh, I met my buddy Dave DeVries, who everybody on this 
podcast probably is familiar with. Oh, yes. Uh, graduate from Syracuse. And then, um, you know, you know, you're told in art school, you know, that you're taught how to draw and paint and all that kind of stuff. But they don't teach you how to be how to run a business. So you get out of college, they say, you know, good luck with everything. And then you're kind of like, what's what now? What do I do? And I graduated at a time that was probably the worst time in history to graduate from art school because it was right on the cusp of the computer age where everything went from old school of literally just like taking snapshots of your work and and putting them in an envelope sending them to art directors they have a stack of you know submissions on their desk and that you wait years for them to even uh get to them and you most likely never even hear back and you don't even know if they saw your work then you know i because we graduated in, you know, in the late 80s, uh, I had to teach myself everything about computers, scanning images, Photoshop, uh, you know, even, you know, web design, all that kind of stuff was not part of my education. So it was all self-taught. Um, and then you start dropping your portfolio off. I, you know, grew up right outside New York City. And thought that, you know, all right, drop the portfolio off. The first portfolio I ever dropped off was to Alfred Hitchcock's Mystery Magazine. And uh, that was, uh, yeah, it was based in New in Manhattan. And I got an immediate callback. We would love you to, you know, work on the magazine. I was like, oh, they told me this was going to be tough, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that it was going to be, you know, a c cover work. Because that's what I want to do. I, I, and by the way backtracking a little bit i never thought that i would work in comics my goal when i was in college my uh dream was to just do fantasy art i was into you know the more more realism and uh dragons wizards all that kind of stuff and um and then started working at Il alfred hitchcock's and it was a little bit of a surprise when they said okay well here's your first assignment and it was the little black and white illustrations on the interior, uh, which they offered me a hundred bucks uh, a pop. So after taxes, commuting into New York City and stuff, it was pretty much working for free. Uh, but that's what you have to do when you start your freelance career. It's simply, you know, you got to, you know, you got to earn, you know, the trust in the editors and art directors and get a portfolio put together to prove that you can hit deadlines, et cetera, et cetera. So at the time that was not enough to support myself. So I sold waterbeds. So I was a waterbed salesman and um, <laughs> yeah. And that, they, <laughs> so yeah, that, and you know, if, if back in the day when waterbeds were popular, even at their most popular, it's not like the store was bustling with customers. Mm. So I would sit there and paint the Alfred Hitchcock's uh, the Alfred Hitchcock illustrations at work uh, while at you know at my desk there. So it was actually okay. You know I was only you know what twenty two years old, twenty three years old, and uh, it was a start. And then um, and then I answered an ad in the New York Times and landed a job designing the costumes and. Uh, logo design logos costumes creating the characters and doing all the merchandise illustration for the world wrestling federation oh. 
and oh. and that's a whole nother that's a whole nother story that um you know at the time i was not a wrestling fan i did not know pretty much anything about wrestling and i knew who andre the giant and hulk hogan were were and that's about it and then uh, the next thing I know, I thought that it was just going to be a single job of doing a, the background to a poster. And um, a decade went by where I, at this point, I had no idea that pretty much the most significant um, work that I've ever done in pop culture was the work that I did in the 90s, which is now known as the golden age of wrestling. Mm. Uh, and now the characters that I created and designed are now in the Wrestling Hall of Fame. And they're still putting action figures out of those characters. And it's it's been a really wonderful um, kind of full circle thing for me that happened during COVID, actually, during the shutdown. Um, nobody knew that I did any of that work. Wow. And yeah, so during COVID, when all the conventions shut down, I had to kind of figure out ways to make up for that income. And one of the ways that I started doing that was reaching out to Facebook groups and sharing my work. And I had no idea the can of worms that I was going to open up with the wrestling stuff. Um, it was one of those things. And I got a small taste of, if you're familiar with the documentary, um, Searching for Sugar Man, there was yes. a little, there was a little bit of that there where people were like, oh my God, you know, these illustrations and the work you did, that represents my childhood and my relationship with my grandmother. We watched wrestling together and we never knew that you did this work. And it just, I just started getting fan mail from all over the world and podcasts um requests and it became this wow. like crazy awesome. thing yeah it was absolutely wonderful and i just you know i kind of giggled to myself of how ironic life is sometimes um and the unexpected because i literally worked from 91 to the last job i ever did was 2002 for the world wrestling federation now wwe mm. And I've never looked back. It was 30 years of me not ever kind of doing anything in the industry again. And um, and then all of a sudden, this whole phenomenon happened. And um, God, the fans, you know, talking about starting a uh, petition to get me into the Hall of Fame. And it just became this crazy thing. And, you know, my heart, to be honest, my heart is in comics it's you know I, that's where i you know that's when i get jobs in comics that i i'm just I'm, i feel at home that's my and um so going back the world wrestling federation kind of ran its course and um they started going through a lot of um a lot of controversy and it was they started laying people off and it was time to start thinking about other things and Dave DeVries um, one day just said, hey, listen, man, I, I've been doing some DC Comics trading cards and I have a gallery show in Manhattan. Why don't you come down with your portfolio and I'll introduce you to my art director and, you know, see what happens. 
And that was the, I was like, Dave, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know how to draw comics and that's not my thing, but man, that does sound good. And then I'm someone who does not pass up opportunities. Mm. I am going to, if the opportunity is there, um, I'm, I'm going to take it. And so I went down there and my memory, my most vivid memory was Dave's work stole the show. But there was also work from Ray Lago, who mm. um, is now a, is now a good friend, and um, it was fantastic seeing all that art. And that was back in the day when you could go. There was a lot of galleries supporting comic book art and things like that. And um, and I met uh, the uh, DC editor, trading card editor, showed him my work, and um, geez. Uh, I think it was Sean Taggart at the time. And he looked at my work and it was a portfolio of wrestling uh, illustrations and stuff that I've been doing for the last, you know, at the time that this was 1994. So it was like, I was still doing wrestling stuff, but on my own uh, freelance from my apartment, not working nine to five in, at the WWF. Um and I showed him the work and it was pretty much, hey, you know, looks good. I don't see much comic book work here. But so I thought it was a, you know, don't call us. We'll call you, you know, good stuff. And two weeks later, I get a call and they asked me to do the Superman trading card for the DC Master Series because the artist that was working on it could not get his face correct. Oh. And yeah. It was one of those things where I was like, oh, my God. All right. So some, I've never done comic book work. Somebody's they're being that, you know, they're scrutinizing that much that they're offering me the job. And um, and it's Superman <laughs> out of, you know, to start me off. And I was really intimidated. Sat down, did some drawings, faxed, faxed it in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I mean, I know I'm really aging myself here, but um, yeah, faxed it in and they immediately were like, love it, you know, proceed. The only difference was because I've never done comic book work, they had um, Carrie Gamble do thumbnails of the poses. And then I worked from thumbnails uh, and it was the Superman doomsday card during the death of Superman. Mm. So it was like crazy significant, which I, you know, I was just super thrilled to work, you know, do get comic book work. And, um, and the project went really well. Uh, they immediately approved the painting. And then they offered me three more cards during the death of Superman, uh, the Superman Platinum series. They gave me the Doomsday card. I did the death of Superman card and it was just all of a sudden I was like, wow, I'm, I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing comic book work. Uh, there you go. Oh that, yeah. Nice. All There's right. your doomsday. And that's signed as well by you, apparently, according to this eBay listing. <laughs> yes, it is. All right. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, that doomsday card actually was a little funny story attached to it. Um, I pulled an all nighter for that one because I wanted to, and the card printed a little bleached out, but um, when I finished it, I was very, I was really happy with it. I lived right outside New York City, pulled an all-nighter, was absolutely exhausted. But at the time, I used to drive into 
uh, into DC Comics and hand deliver the paintings to them. And all I had to do was take a shower, drive it in, and uh, the job was done. And in the shower, I was so tired. While I was shaving, I fell asleep and shaved half my eyebrow off. <laughs> yeah, it was it was actually and I, I had no idea. You know, I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And when I handed the painting to um, it was actually Larry Daly for that set, the, the art director. And when I handed him the painting, he actually took the painting and I saw him like kind of look at me like, you know, <laughs> and then, you know, look at the painting. So, yeah. So that was a little funny story. But anyway, uh, that was the start doing working for DC. And I know this is a Marvel. Uh, and no, no, yeah, we, we can cross the streams for you, Tom. And we're about to. So um, at the time, the Fleer Ultra X-Men set was coming out. Uh, mm. They were hiring. And um, Dave gave me the uh, contact information for the Marvel editor sent in my DC stuff to them, and then the ball started rolling. The first card that I ever did for Marvel was the character Forearm. And Obscure pretty much doesn't even exist anymore, I don't think. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But it was my opportunity to take that character, and basically Forearm was a uh, combination of Hercules and the Hulk, And yeah, and take advantage because the Hulk being pretty much at the top of my list of characters that, you know, as I'm wearing my Rom shirt, Rom and the Hulk were my two favorite characters (laughs) um, with Moon Knight being a a close third when I when I was a uh, when I was a kid. Mm. Um, And I think it was like, yeah, for uh, Mutant Liberation Front, apparently. uh, Yep. There it is. Yep. (laughs) I've just I've just found it. I I knew. I had a suspicion that the DNA of your work kind of spanned Fleer Ultra from the 90s, like the OG stuff and the modern stuff, but I, I hadn't spotted it on the checklist. So thank you for pointing it out. I think it's oh, because fantastic. of the character. Yeah. Yeah, that one that one kind of disappeared. Um, you know, th- you know, I mean, let's face it, the character is not sought after. No. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can bring him back. We can, we can really push for that. Let's see right. if we can get four on back. Yeah, if anything, people mistake him for. I think there was a um, uh, Mortal Kombat character that looked very similar to him. Gotcha. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was. Um, they absolutely loved that painting, and it wound up getting me uh, an Incredible Hulk Sega Genesis Super Nintendo cover that I finished the project, got paid, and they canceled the project. There it is. Yep. Um, so the, 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 uh, Hulk project never actually was released to the public. Uh, but it was, it was still, you know, you, when you do work as a freelancer, that's your goal is for things to snowball and mm-hmm. one job lead to the other. And that's what was happening. But yeah, I still like that painting. Um, it was, uh, it was one of the, uh, the, there was a lot of pressure because it was the first Marvel job ever. Yeah. And, um, it was a fun, it, you know. It was it was a fun painting. That's a great painting. It's it and great. Like, I love it. Like some stuff like this is my favorite when an artist takes a character that maybe nobody really knows about and just knocks it out of the park and does something really cool that nobody else has done or probably will do again. That's that's great. I've never seen that. 
Yeah. And, and that's that kind of and that's what you want to do when you're an, an unknown and you get these assignments where, you know, there, of course, I got I, I don't even know why or what I got lucky with the Superman card right off the bat with DC. But I knew that, you know, with Marvel and stuff, it was going to take a while before they yeah. started giving me, um, you know, the significant characters and stuff. And that's that's what you want to do. You want to there's an integrity that's um that's very important where i don't care the, you know i don't care what the character is i wanted to leave my studio and be at a certain level uh because it represents you know let's face it you we put out that stuff to the public and you have to have a thick skin mm. uh there's <laughs> there's some haters out there and um they you know they you know and and i'm fine with that uh, everybody, you know, you can take, everybody can, everybody has an opinion and, uh, you don't have to let it personally affect you because that's just the way it works. And YouTube is notorious for, you know, the comments and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and the age, the, you know, there's an age spectrum on YouTube that you can literally tell it's a you know, a 13 year old, yeah. in, you know, that's, uh, you know, and yeah. you just got to let that go. Yeah. If um, everyone liked the same thing, it'd be boring, but then you add in social media and it becomes a whole different thing. Yeah. Whole different thing. I've mm. been really fortunate. I have to say for the most part, everybody's been pretty wonderful on social media. Um, and the, this set, this Avenger set, which we'll get to mm. is the first time that I caught some, uh, that I caught some slack with uh, with the social media scene, and I'll 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 get to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah. So so basically, with the with the trading card stuff, um, you know, DC stuff leading into Marvel, building up some confidence with art directors and editors, and the problem with uh, working in the trading card industry is there is a very there's a very frequent turnover of art directors and editors and they stay for a short period of time and then move on. And as a freelancer, you have to kind of, you have to hope that they pass on their list of their stable of artists and you're part of it, or you have to start over. Mm. And that's rough as a freelancer, as a young freelancer. Uh, so I, with the Marvel stuff and the DC stuff, it was actually quite, uh, I was fortunate. They did very often pass on the list and use the same artists introducing new artists. And, uh, you know, and you, you know, you guys know, you know, a lot of the sets in the nineties were, there was a, you know, a group of, a group of guys and not as many gals as there are now, which is really nice to see the yeah. females get their chance. Um, and, uh, and they did, you know, use a lot of us over and over in the set, which was a really nice, um, uh, stable income for the most part, because back in the day, as you probably know, they paid way more than they do now. Wow. Um, the trade to actually do the trading cards. I mean, I'm mm -hmm. talking, I'm talking three and four times what they pay now back in the nineties. Wow. And yes. Now the difference is 
the original art makes up for that now. So, gotcha. yeah, so please, everybody, understand that uh, doing these is a is a passion, and we love this stuff, and this is what we've wanted to do since we're nine years old. <laughs> but we do have to make a living, and mm -hmm. so the the money and the income and the uh, you know the 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 career is now with the trading cards is now based in the original art. Yeah. Yeah. It's and interesting. Yeah. So, so I'm looking, I'm just looking, you've saying about the team that's around you. And if I just look, <clears throat> excuse me, just on that, that subset, the mutant liberation front, you've got Peter Scanlon, you've got your good self. You've got Demetrius Patelis. You've got Luis Perez. Who's, mm -hmm. who's still working on, on, on cards. On the, on the next team up, you've got John Romita Sr., then you've got Ray Largo, then you've got Boris, got Nelson, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, Greg and Tim Hildebrandt, um, Glenn Fabry. I mean, the list is just, uh, uh, you know, it's a well-known list. And I, I, the interesting thing for me is that with these newer sets, I mean, I, I don't want to jump ahead too quickly, but with these newer sets, there's a pedigree and a trust if you're going to bring this brand back 20 years later, which they did yep. by having you guys on board. Um, and so many of those OG cats are back, you know, um, which, which must be in itself a, a calling card, you know, for you to, to have had that nineties and now. Yep. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, and this is another wonderful thing. Um, when I started, I've always been a huge comic book fan since I've been a kid. And a lot of these names that you just mentioned, uh, I was already a fan of. Mm. Started working in the industry. And now I'm very good friends with a lot of them. So it's really nice when you, uh, when you are influenced and somebody is you know, a part of your, you know, development growing up as an artist and then becomes a, a friend in the industry and stuff. So, you know, there's, you know, there's so many names that I can name where I was just mm -hmm. like, oh my God, it's, you know, full start, you know, hanging out with my, uh, my buddies in middle school and stuff, you know, you know, Joe Jusco being one of them, you know, I mean, I, I was look, looking and collecting Joe's covers for uh, the Incredible Hulk magazine and Conan and Conan. all that oh. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, the, and, you know, met him years later. And the, the funny thing is, is, you know, he's not that much older than me, but he started at such a young age that it's he was an influence and yeah. he was one of the only painters working for marvel at the time earl norham joe jesco bob larkin and maybe you know there and maybe a couple more and that was it and i mm. wanted to be a painter and they were painting and um and so it's it's a really wonderful thing to uh you know to now be friends with these people that were you know part of you know the the artistic development yeah. Um, and then flash forward to I think it was what 2017 when they brought the Fleer uh That's brand right. back. I got the call from Jennifer Wu, and I can't thank her enough.
because that exactly what you just said was that uh, her description was, yeah, we're bringing it back and we want some of the old school guys that did the 90s work uh, in, in the stable and some fresh talent, some younger up and comers and do like a, a mix of, of artists in this set. And that's exactly what they did. And I was just so grateful for me being one of the uh, names that she decided to bring back uh, to this day. And when somebody does something nice for me, I don't forget it. Mm. I, I, I really am grateful for um, anybody that's kind to me and uh, you know, so Jennifer, I can't thank her enough. And, um, and it started, you know, a whole new thing with all these, uh, the new generation of trading cards. Yeah. I mean, it must be, it must be bonkers now to have people discover your work now and then go back and say, and, and, and be like, OMG, there's, there's 90 stuff. And then there's all the fantasy work that you were doing through the noughties and you know, all the other work that people can discover as well. And it's just, I, I I dug into it earlier on, and I was like, yeah, "Yeah, what a great yep, character yep. to have in the base set for Fleer Ultra Spider Man." Yeah, right. Um, I mean, it's yeah. superb. Do, do, do you get to choose? This is the one thing I've been meaning to ask because someone asked it the other day about another another set. Do they like with these newer ones? Do they give you an option or a choice, or do they just say, "Right, these are the characters you want to do"? Is it is it very prescriptive, brief? It was, it started out as these are the characters that we're giving you. Do you want them or not? And you say yes or no. Here's the price, and that's it. Wow. These did the last, let's see, um, the last two sets, the last set that I worked on, which I can't talk about yet, of course, because it's, uh, you know, I can't uh, mention it without Fleer, without Upper Deck, of course, uh, you know, ma making the announcement first. Sure. But I guess I've gotten to the point where they um, they just gave me the list and they just said, pick any characters you want. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. And it is awesome. And it's also a really difficult choice when you're a comic book fan <laughs> to narrow it down of like, Oh my, and I only had uh, time to do four paintings. So the choice was this. I said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to pick characters from my childhood and my brother's childhood. And I'm going to do my two favorites and my brother's two favorites. And, uh, so yeah it was a tough one but yeah so now to answer the actual question it's they they let me choose and um in the last couple of sets but for the most part they they tell you uh this is a this is the characters that we have uh you know are you interested especially mm -hmm. in the um the uh the x-men set that i did they had all the um the original x-men and uh, that was a super fun set to do. All the original, you know, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants and the original X-Men. Mm. You know, the old yellow and, and black suit. Well, let's uh, 
Let's go back to Fleer Archer Spider-Man because I just want to pause and just just check out some of this art. So I'm going to share my screen again because um, sure. it's, it's probably better than me holding up a tiny <laughs> card. Um, let's start with let's start with that Deathlock so that people can get a better look at it because I've <clears throat> I can't remember I've read much Deathlock, but one of my favourite Deathlocks I've seen was uh, Joe Drisco did a cover of a four issue prestige format. Uh, yeah. Deflock series back in the 90s and I discovered that cover about the same time as I saw this piece here in fact I think I think it might have been this card sent me down a rabbit hole of Google images and then I saw the, the Joe one and then promptly eBayed it and and got the yeah. got the four issue prestige in and um and properly sort of dug in and got into the character a little bit but I mean <sighs> Where do you start? What's your what's your kind of process for the, for this kind of character? Because I'm guessing if you're into comics, you you'll know the character, so you might have a good idea of where you're going to go with it. Yeah, as a matter of fact, this set, um, I off the top of my head, I forget what the other. Uh, I think I did like four cards in this set. You did, you did. I've got, I've got. You did, you did Wolverine. Who yeah. I'm also ready to show. You did Back in Black, so it's Spider Man Black Suit, and you did Adam Warlock. That's okay. So good. Th this um this goes right back to the last question. This what I think was the first set that they gave me the list and they let me choose my characters. Oh. Uh, so I've always wanted to do Wolverine. So that was that was number one. Uh, number two, I wanted to do Spider Man, but I absolutely hate painting that webbing. Oh, I've heard it's, that from so many people. <laughs> oh my god, it's it's and you know, and ironically, it's you know, like one of my number one cards in this new Avengers set. Uh, <laughs> and I finally, I I I embraced Spider Man's webbing on on this set, but yeah, um, that's why I chose the back in black because I always loved that symbiote uh, yeah, costume, yeah, yeah, the yeah, black yeah. costume that Let's led it to get it There we go. So the, the 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 joys of Mr. Google. Apologies, <laughs> this is behind yeah. the scenes. I should have got this ready. Uh, that's the one. We'll go. We'll go with that version because um, it's not the best. Yeah. In the world, um, image, but um, you got that. Yeah. <laughs> it's the tiniest yeah. image possible, but you get it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty muted. Um, but I was super. I was really into that because it gives you a chance to paint Spider-Man with more of a gothic mm. kind of darker feel. So I really enjoyed that. And then Deathlock and Adam Warlock, those two were uh, two favorites as a kid that were more obscure characters. Not many people really knew who they were, mm. but they were characters that I wanted, that I always wanted to paint. Adam Warlock being one of the top. And my request, it was the first time that I felt comfortable with uh, they gave me a newer version of Adam Warlock to paint. And I, it was the first time that I ever had the courage to say, Hey, you know, I do, I love this character, but can I paint, uh, can I paint the Jim Starlin version? Uh, I was a huge Jim Starlin fan when he was doing Dreadstar mm -hmm. and, um, and Adam Warlock back in the day. And I wanted to do the Jim Starlin costume. So they were they were gracious enough to say, you know what, do your thing. Yep. And 
I was, I, I loved painting, working on this project here, doing, you know, that whole kind of star field background. Oh, it's and beautiful. So, uh, so that was a really fun set to work on. I had a great time on that set. It's, Tell us a little bit about the the. Uh, the this is probably a, a, a really dull question because it's not really an artistic question. How how many cards did you have to sign? Because sign? yeah, because they they've got the signed versions of them as well, haven't they? Yeah, it's uh, geez, I was I, it about fifty of each, forty nine yes. or something. Yeah, that's it. Yes. That's, that's exact. Yes, I, I you know it, it's somewhere between forty eight and fifty of each one. Yeah, I think it's fifty of each one, and you know multiply that by nine in this set that's out now and oh wow <laughs> yeah yeah there's it, it yeah yeah you, you have to sit down and uh and really crank them out uh but at the same time you have to and you know I, this is goes into this story that i was talking about where i caught some slack on social media i'm very careful when i sign the cards because there is a lot of collectors that you know, say, oh, you know, I, I got these cards and they're damaged in the pack and stuff. And I, when you're signing hundreds of cards at the time, it is impossible to literally sign and place each one. But you have to be careful enough to sign and put them, yeah. put them aside and you layer them so that the paint can dry and they're not touching each other and it doesn't smear. Um, but I made the mistake of post signing and do and, and having the table full of them done very carefully mm. but i took a picture of the table because it was a I really remember cool, this. and oh my god the collector started going you know i i'll, I'll save the profanity but um now <laughs> i know why my cards show up with the uh dented corners and i and there's no defending that because i you know i can say all day long how careful i am but you know, they're going to, they have their perception and whatever they're going to think. And so I was like, oh my God. And I prematurely posted it. And all of a sudden I'm taking down the pictures and oh. scrambling upper deck is, is, um, texting me, Tom, you're, you know, like, oh my God, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Goodness um, me. But the signing, you know, that's it. It's I know. Remember, I remember back in the day when I was a collector and stuff, and getting a signed image of my, you know, favorite artists and stuff. And um, they didn't have the signed, the actual signed cards in the packs back then. So I yeah. must, yeah. it must be a really cool thing to open a pack and get a signed card. Yeah, it is. It is. It is pretty special. Donnie, have you got any of the um, signed masterpieces? Um. Yes. Let me grab twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, I have one uh, of the Ultra Avengers too. I opened one yesterday. I can grab one of those. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Set too. Yeah. I'll well, right let's, let's, let's grab that. The um, spare a thought for poor Peach Momoko, whose base set was ninety cards, and there were one hundred and twenty of each that she she signed. It, it it's crazy. It's uh, yeah. Which is which is a huge number actually because everything everything is. One of the interesting things that you may have seen between <clears throat> then and now, and an upper deck specifically have very much doubled down on this since COVID, is the um, the fact that everything is serial numbered mm. now. 
Yeah, there's so many serial number cards. So the, obviously the signed ones, pretty sure they're all serial numbered. Um, and it's, you know, hard numbered. So it'll be numbered by the time you get it. Um, so, you know, it's, it's kind of got a double whammy for a collector. If you get a serial numbered card, it's always a nice thing, especially if you're into that and if you're into the set. But then if it's got a signature on as well, you know, I can, I can appreciate the appeal of it so thank you for your service on doing all those signatures this is is one from the new set and he actually he signed it right along the foil parallel which is really nice wow okay who signed that this is john grello number to 63 number to 63 okay interesting all right Um, that's because that's because when the avengers started that's right yeah a little tidbit of how things have changed a little bit um these days they actually give you an exam and tell you where they want you to sign the card. Oh, so we do not have our choice of where to sign the card. They tell us, and generally, you know, it's, it's through the top third from the bottom up. It's, you know, a a third of the way up across the middle generally. So yeah, they actually give us a, uh, a sample image with a signature on it to be like sign in this color, this, you know, in this placement. And they never, they didn't do that back in the day. And back in the day, I think there was only one set that they asked us for our signature, and they actually printed the gold foil. That's right. The yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They they did that. Yeah, most of the, I mean, they they still do that with masterpieces. They do a gold um, foil ah. signature series on that. But yeah, masterpieces ninety four had that. Uh, Flew Ultra Spider Man ninety five had the printed signature version. That's um, it. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Um, I can't remember if um, Fleer Ultra X Men '95 had it. I don't think it did. Um, and listen, some of these signatures are works of art in and of themselves. I refer you to Simone Bianchi's signature, which is just gorgeous <laughs> in whatever context you see it in. Um, so, <clears throat> Fleer Ultra X Men. 2018 so you did um i think you had one base card which was deadpool which i don't have a copy of because it's not a set um that i've kind of chosen to go for but you did that 10 card chase set the originals that you mentioned yes and you got to have some fun with this i remember you posting these into the group when not because when i set up the groups they're not long started and you were posting some of the original art i believe and some of the original pencils in there as well yes so that set was the first set that I really felt one that gave me, you know, the false, the, it was nine, I think 10 cards altogether. 11 it was 10. Cards. Yeah. Yeah. 10 card chase set. Yeah. Yeah. It was a 10 card chase set. And one of the deals was when they, so I don't, you know, I don't know how familiar uh, everybody is with my work, but one of the things that I've done outside of the trading card industry was uh, I did um, a series of, jsa paintings of the golden age uh jsa characters in a more modern uh version and nice i've become i've become known at taking these golden age characters that have not been painted uh pretty much alex ross is the only one that's painted them in a modern kind of feel and uh upper deck saw that stuff and they thought that it would be a great idea for me to take the uh, silver age x-men and do the same thing Mm. uh with that set so i was thrilled to do all the original x-men 
And part of the deal was I said, you know what? The deadline was pretty tight and I was very hesitant about accepting that assignment because I am not the fastest painter around and I am very serious about my deadlines. And when somebody hires me, I take my deadlines really seriously and I do not want to blow a deadline because mm -hmm. I, I, I have a, um, a lot of pride in professionalism yeah. and I know that artists are notorious for being difficult to work with and maniacs to be quite honest. <laughs> so, um, I'll be a maniac in my personal life, but professionally I want all art directors and editors to know that I can hit a deadline and, um, and be professional. Mm. So that's all considered when somebody offers you a job. And I was like, wow, the, you know, the time frame was pretty short and it was, it was 10 cards, but I said, you know what, I, I'm going to, I'm going to give it my best shot. And I said, I would love to do the X-Men, but can you do me a favor? If I take this assignment as a favor, can you give me the cool card? So that's why it was only one base card. Uh, and then the in was a kind of deal that we made. They did me nice. a favor of because I wanted to Deadpool such a you know popular character. Mm, mm. And um and they did me a favor of giving me that Deadpool card at to by accepting the, the job. Nice. That's cool. Nice. Yeah. The um let me just I'm just gonna get that Deadpool image up because I couldn't actually now you see, I keep getting these. Um, <laughs> whenever I Google Deadpool, it always seems to bring up the um, the PMGs. Here we go. This now, this is actually from your Facebook page. Uh, let's let's get this on the screen so that folks can. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You've had fun with that, haven't you? Look at the way you've done the light on that. Yeah, as well. yeah. That was so. That was the first one that I think Upper Deck uh i originally had him holding a gun and that was the first time that upper deck told me to replace the gun with a with a knife and where they started putting um kind of it, things started getting a little bit um Disney? there was more rules mm, right it started it started out as do don't point a gun at the audience if you're going to use a gun it, it's got to be pointed up and away than this one they actually said you know replace the gun with a knife interesting that works like it yeah a lot of that was like kind of like hey let's have fun with the anatomy yeah no that's great sorry there's a, there's a momentary silence while we're just taking the image <laughs> <laughs> yeah which is great have you do you um on the originals for these have you um so you obviously got to keep them. Have you since sold them on? Uh, I have sold. Yeah, these sell. They sell pretty quick. Uh, mm. I, I've sold every one of my trading card originals, with the exception of this Avenger set. This Avenger set was uh, an exception where I sold three out of the nine, and I still have six left which I am going to start selling uh, like very soon. Sure, and sure. I still have the original to the three by three. Ah, mm. right. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, now that's three by three. Now that's quite a um t tell us about the conversation about that three by three because I've seen you comment elsewhere in the last few few days that that was quite a tight time limit. But the thing I'm interested in is that the three by three or the nine up, I guess you could call it, yeah. has previously been the, the the kind of purview of of, of Messrs Hildebrandt and Hildebrandt on the nineties set, yeah. and then of course Greg did the nine up for um, uh, Fleer Ultra X Men twenty eighteen. Um, so how does it feel to be taking that mantle? Okay, so that is part of this story, mm. and this story is man. Uh, okay, so finished. I finished the nine base cards. That was a done deal. I I got a job doing a whole wrestling project where I pretty much worked harder than I've ever worked in my life. I did twenty three paintings in twenty five days. I was burnt out, shot, ready to go on vacation, and upper deck gets in touch with me and says, we're having issues with a project. We need you to pinch hit. Would you be interested in doing uh, a project with, I think it's 11 characters in that painting. And we, and they offered me the price to compensate because they said the catch is this. We need it in 10 days. Oh my God. <laughs> and then they sent me the examples of what it was and i was familiar because i'm a fan of tim and greg mm. and when i saw what it was i was like okay if somebody for, first of all i barely do one trading card in 10 days like that's <laughs> just it it seemed impossible but the thing that was the, the one, it was a job that I couldn't turn down. I was like, I can't, they are trusting me to take the mantle as, as you referred to it from the Hildebrands from Greg. And I was so honored and I don't back down from challenges. Mm. I said, there's no possible way I could say no to this project. And I said, there's no possible way I can finish it in 10 days. <laughs> but I didn't say that to them. <laughs> I, I really just said, okay, I'm going to do my best. And they understood how impossible the task was. But I'm someone that once I take on that, once I say yes, the pot of coffee goes on. And I was working pretty much 18 hours a day. Oh, I, I worked pretty much around 16 to 18 hours a day, um, canceled vacations like in the that 10 days. I forget something was going on personally that I had to cancel. And um, when it all came out, I believe they wound up giving me 13 days. So that project was from beginning to end 13 days done and it was it was one of the proudest moments of my career that who i took the mantle from mm. the amount of time 
And let's face it, the characters, my God, you know, the Hulk, Thor, Iron Man, Captain America, um, you know, I mean, it, 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 it was just one of those kind of dream projects. And of course, as a freelancer, you never get the combination of the dream project with the deadline you need for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, and I was, there was sacrifices that need to be made with some of the figures and a lot of people don't realize that they're, you know, that all these factors come into play when you're working on projects. Um, and, you know, you know, some of them, let's, you know, I had to make choices of which ones yeah, I was yeah. going to put the time into and sure. which ones had to be sacrificed. There was some of them that I literally had to paint. I was like, there, you know, this hat from beginning to end, this character needs to be done in two hours, you know, drawn, painted everything. And wow. that's just the way that's the nature of the beast. You know, um, you can tell I put a lot more time into Captain America and Thor than I did into Captain Marvel. <laughs> Cap right there. Yeah. So um, that, that, that was a, that was a challenge. One of the biggest. Um, and now it, it is going to be offered as a limited, not a limited edition print. It's it's an open edition print, but I think of only 100, I signed a hundred prints that upper deck will be selling. Um, and, um, you know, I'm sure now that the set is out, they're going to be announcing that at some point. Mm, yeah, in, definitely. In the, in the they, they've given you the, um, rainbow foil treatments as well with the cards so donnie you've you've got some of these in hand so let, let's just have a look at this because not everyone gets a rainbow foil treatment on their cards <laughs> so i'm unfamiliar with this i'm unfamiliar with the technicalities of the trading card um the the way the sets come out and the, mm. the rainbow foils and things like that the mm. rarity so Tell me what, you know, I mean, I want to know what I should be honored about and what is the rainbow foil? Well, let's go, let's go to the puzzle pieces, Donnie, because oh, they're yep. the ones on rainbow foil. <clears throat> so basically with this one, rainbow foil is, it, it's, it the camera. it's very difficult to catch unless it's in hand. It's beautiful because as you move it, you have, um, uh, literally almost the rainbow effects in the colors and the way it reflects in the foil board. So to have that, and if if I'm right, that's thick stock, isn't it, Donnie? It is. It's yeah. uh, seven seventy nine point, I think. Yeah. So to have that in hand, the one what they did with Fleer Ultra, uh, both of them actually, but Fleer Ultra Spider Man is the one I'm more familiar with. You could combine on EPAC. So when you bought it through their digital platform, the cards are physical; they're just sat in a warehouse somewhere. But on that platform, you can combine a hundred of the base card and you will get a rainbow foil parallel of them. Now, because of how much effort that takes, they wouldn't have printed that many rainbow foil parallels, but you can get a rainbow foil parallel of your Deathlock, for example. Now, this is just a regular base card, but the rainbow foil version, there'll be very, very few of them out there because not everyone would have gone through that chase. Um, and they are just stunning in hand. I mean, my character's Black Cat. So, so I have the black cat version of it, and also there was a there was a web there was a web foil version where they had foil webbing around the character. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Familiar with that. And you can do the same with the rainbow web. You can get a rainbow web foil, and you have to get a hundred of web foils. 
the problem is is that the web foils with perfect collation were only one in every so many boxes you would mm. hit the same character so the rainbow web foil of this card there'll be probably eight to ten in existence Oh wow! If that. Okay. So when you when you when I say rainbow web foil, it's it was different on Fleer Art Treks, man. There was a rainbow web foil parallel of the entire set, and you still had to combine to get to it, but it was a lot lower. But for me, it's kind of a royal high mark because it was so difficult to get them for Fleer Ultra Spider Man. Wow. So the fact that they've given that, and it's such a beautiful treatment, it really is. The fact that your three by three, your nine up, has been given that as you know out the gate means that it. I, I personally, I, I've kind of already chosen the elements I'm probably going to collect from this set, and that is on the list because it's rainbow web foil and because it's a nine up puzzle, Ooh. and it will just look astonishing, you know. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And they also right. they don't they don't fall. They're they're kind of hard to to pull out of boxes too. I don't know what the hit rate is, but it's not a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think they'll be tough for people to complete as well. And you know, people people love a challenge. Um, so so yeah, I'm, um, I, <laughs> it's brilliant. But in terms of the base, because you did hold up some base there, Donny. So Donny, mm-hmm. Donny's kind of my um, so. my. You know, on the game show, they have people holding up the prizes. And this is, I'm 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 Van. Donny, this is Donny. Yeah. So um, we've got Black Panther. <clears throat> so let's let's pause on the Black Panther for a minute because I'm seeing a lot of love for this image on. The comments and, and the things like that. Tell, yeah. tell us, let's, let's, let's dig in a little bit. Some of the some of the composition and some of these pieces from this set, just because that's the one that I guess is the most fresh. Tell us about this piece and where this where this came from. Okay, so first of all, that was one of the cards in this set that I was honored to because Black Panther is so big right now. Mm, mm, huge. I, I was just like. Um, so honored that they gave me uh, the Black Panther over, you know, over all the others, including Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. But the Black Panther was such a it's such a relevant character right now mm. that that's when I realized how much uh, faith and um, trust that Upper Deck had in me at, at this point. Mm. So that lends itself to some pressure of i've never painted black panther before and my god i'm like all right what do i you know what do i do with this character in a trading card that's going to be you know you know shrunk down you know this and i pretty much wanted to do kind of a, a, a regal type of pose but i did i really had that need to do that jungle of a, a, a very very intricate jungle background mm. so that really leaded into the background on this one too tom which i mean not that you don't normally paint backgrounds but you can tell that it was definitely something you wanted a part of exactly and it, exactly i usually because of deadline sure. uh, issues i don't usually but this was an exception where I, I was like, I have to do this character justice. I've been a huge, I, I love the character Black Panther way back mm. in the Jack, to, you know, to Jack Kirby when he was uh, drawing the, the series. It was one of the first series that I really embraced and collected, you know, issue number one through, uh, through whatever the last one was. And then started looking at Marvel premieres and all the ones that Black Panther appeared in before. So I love this character. And 
that's hence the detail in the background to, you know, it's not just about the character sometimes. Sometimes it is about the overall feel of the of the card. So um I hope I I hope I did the character justice. I'm getting I am getting a lot of love for it. So mm -hmm. It definitely has that. It, it definitely evokes royalty, just with the, mm -hmm. the gold and the positioning of it. Um, cool. it uh, I love it. I really like it. It's, it's interesting. The, there are two schools of, of 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 love with Black Panther for those who like the cape and those who don't like the cape. And of course, the cape was always kind of OG uh, <laughs> from back when it back when it came out. But um, so yeah, I like that. It feels it feels like he's kind of got his regal kind of outfit going on there it's lovely yeah regal is actually the word that i had in mind and this is <clears throat> i didn't have an option uh of which costume they they told me it was this version gotcha uh, with, with this gold work and the cape they they wanted this version and i mm. and you know and i that's what i had to go with which i'm totally fine with that's great i'm just kind of there's so much detail in the in the in the in the jungle going on there that it's just it's just great um one one of the interesting things with this set donny hold up the um hold up the black panther cup base card again if you don't mind so there's been and, and i haven't got any of these in hand yet my box is um on the way i've got some blasters coming as well um how they're doing the parallels of them so i think that's a base one what color is the base. foiling on that is it uh, it's just it's a silver foil. It's a silver foil. Yeah. So obviously they 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 kind of cut some of the background to put that foiling in, and that's a little bit. There's a there's a little bit of a um a, a storm about that amongst collectors because mm -hmm. some of them are very purist in the way that the previous Flare Ultra sets were done in that the foiling was very much augmenting and not removing some of the background. Um, yeah. But on this one, they've clearly made a style choice to actually do the foiling in that way, um, which I'm. I, I don't. I kind of don't want to prejudice having them in hands. I'm. I'm I think I don't think I'm a fa fan of it, but I might feel differently when I've got the card. Uh, but they, the different parallels of it. What well, my understanding is that the foiling is different. It Donnie, is. Yeah. Is so right? yeah, the next one we can talk about is the vision. This is a green. So the greens fall every one and a half packs. But Tom, this was one of the first images that came out for the set, right? Didn't they use this to to promote it? That's right. Yes. Yes. And not only that, but um, I can't tell in the image. But okay, so when they released it to promote the set, they isolated the image and created a whole different background where the, uh -huh. my painting has that cape going into a like concrete wall yeah, and, and he's coming and it was a really kind of odd thing because when you isolate that take that wall out and just put that background that they put it almost the pieces of his cape were kind of floating in a kind of awkward position so right. i wasn't sure how the fans were going to receive the image of like well this wasn't my choice you know guys this was mm. something that was done to the card um, and I think most people focused on just the actual figure. Um, yeah, but yeah, the, the the concrete made its way back, so it has your your background in there. And this is another one too. I noticed just from looking through your cards where you have the the character that's like breaking the frame, like he is literally moving 
towards us. I've noticed that's a thing that that you seem to really like to do, and it, it works really well at, at trading card size. Yeah, and that I'll uh, I will one hundred percent give credit to my buddy Dave, uh, Dave DeVries, who was masterful at creating that forced perspective mm. uh, and pretty much the in-your-face kind of feel. Yeah, uh, I don't exaggerate and do that as much as Dave, but it's certainly he was doing trading cards before I did. And to be honest, I I I think Dave did some of the best trading cards ever done in the industry. Um, his Marvel masterpieces and, you know, some of the other um, paintings that he's done. Mm. Uh, and so anyway, he's you know, it's it's nice when your buddy is a is a big influence on you. And um, and I have to give credit where credit's due. Um, the perspective thing is, you know, was definitely originally from uh, my respect and admiration of the way Dave handled trading cards. I would say on that point, um, just if anyone's not heard it, go back and check out episode four because Dave walks you through, walks us through the perspective and the design of his Namor card from Marvel Masterpieces. That and is a gorgeous piece. To, to my mind, I, and I'm not a fan of Namor the character, and I'm not a fan of the visuals of Namor. It just doesn't doesn't float my boat. Um, but that card is for one of me, one of my one of my top ever images on a marvel card it's just the way that i mean dave describes it better than me but just the way the the eye flows across the piece so i posed for that card <laughs> me, <laughs> me and dave uh for reference uh, we would pose for each other and um and yeah and so i you know back in the day and stuff i posed for that name or card and yeah there was a but man that that is one of my favorites of all time also uh, mind blown mind blown i've been admiring <laughs> so, your form all these years tom and i never knew it yeah me and dave so i'm gonna grab a piece right off the in front oh. of me where you guys can't see yeah 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 um, this is a this is a, a painting that i did um way back when and this is a painting that dave oh wow for. And uh, this was for the ultra x-men or no well uh gee spider-man ultra spider-man so. yes and uh, this was one of the proudest moments because with back in the day when me and Dave were in Syracuse together, learning, wondering if we were even going to make it as professional artists, <laughs> we sat on the roof of our studio overlooking Syracuse and wondering like, yeah, what's going to what's in store for us, this and that. When this set came out, remember back in the day when they did those four ups uh, yes. where they would they they chose out of all the cards in the set, they chose one of mine and one of Dave's, and we are on the four up together. That's and cool. That was such a that is such a significant moment for me, for me and my friend being on that four up together to the wow. point where I had to seek it back out years later and be like, I need and you I mean it's hanging up. It's hanging up back there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, yeah, that was one of those things where like, oh, Dave, I think we've made it, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and it was nice to make and, and together, not just individually. Yes. yes. Uh, I'll grab one more piece to show you guys. Since it is I, I'm fascinated by the stuff on your walls. I just I can imagine it's an Aladdin's cave of, of gloriousness in there. So here's a birthday present that Dave gave me years ago. Um, it's his uh, Marvel Masterpiece Thor painting. Oh, oh wow 
so yeah so um you know we go, <laughs> yeah we go way back um and uh you know it's nice to be a, a fan of you know one of your closest friends oh absolutely that's awesome absolutely wowzers wowzers so my mind's blown now by that by that <laughs> see this is why this is why all right the, you what you've just said yeah. is why one of the reasons why we do this podcast is because that kind of history that old history that that tidbit of information is 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 dna it just adds so much color and and value to the experience of owning the cards for collectors so you know it's um which is yeah which is yeah when we spoke to greg uh when we spoke to julian boris you know they've all got these little stories about (laughs) how how things came together and there's there's this patchwork of of dna where they all cross Uh And you've just revealed another one. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, so yeah, I one of these days it would be really fun. So back at it would be really fun to show our photo reference with the paintings. And uh me and Dave used to actually do appearances at universities and um, you know, conventions, university, things like that. And we used to do a dueling slideshow. Oh um, wow of his, you know, his Wolverine, my Wolverine, uh, you know, his, and we used to do the same characters and flash on because we work so differently. Yeah. You know, he's very stylized. I work a, a bit different and it was a really fun way to share stories of showing, you know, like, you know, he posed for this, I posed for that wow. and go back and forth. And to this day, uh, I know, let's see, I'm trying to think of this Avengers set um i to this day i still use old photo reference of ourselves in new paintings now um and off the top of my head i can't i'm trying to think if i used any um on the new paintings but i you know some of the shots were so good it's all in there it's all it's in all, there yeah yeah <laughs> yes so yeah there's dave dna in, in the set that, that's that that that's it that's, that's, that's enough for me take my money now um yeah. what's the um uh, what else have you got there donnie because donnie's got, got pretty much all of yours there i do yeah I did. out of the three boxes there was one of each i i really like this one and it goes back to the force perspective it's kind of an obscure character in in spectrum monica rambo oh, that wow. showed up in yeah, wandavision yeah, 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 yeah. But Wonderful. I, I I love this painting because you feel like you're this tall looking up at her after she like just landed and i I love a good depiction of of an obscure character and somebody doing something new and fresh. Okay, so that is an awesome thing to hear for me because out of all the characters that I painted in this set, this was the least familiar that I was with this character I was very unfamiliar with. I was more familiar with her the older look that they had of her mm-hmm. with the headband and um and the longer, you know, darker hair, but this is the version that they requested. And I'll be honest, that painting was the last one that I did in the set, and it wasn't real close to me. Uh, I wanted to just get it done because the deadline, you know, all I was exhausted from doing the set. And the integrity kicks back in of I can't I I don't want to let anything leave the studio, you know, subpar. And I was worried about this one because I did that. That painting was a one day painting 
And uh, when I start getting positive feedback on, um, on a painting that I questioned, did I let something leave the studio that, you know, and so with, by you saying that, that reassures me like, all right, I'm good. Yeah. Like, no, I, I, I really like that one. It, it, and awesome. not, you know, I, I like them all, but it was for, you know, I, I look at a, a lot of artwork. So when something jumps out and like, Hey, that's, that's different that I, and it's super simple, but it does what it needs to do. Like it works big and it works small and it just, it's got everything going for it. I, I think you really, you really did. Even if it didn't feel good at the time, it's you, you, you did it well. It's well, yeah. Well, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Um, it's it's not that I didn't feel it. it. It was one of those things where after I, you know, I did the eight other paintings, right. <laughs> and and it's just at when the deadline is approaching and the stress of the deadline, sure. and you're you you know you're at the end of the project, you're you know your mortgage is due, <laughs> you, you know, and we, we have a sixty day wait on on uh, getting paid for this stuff. Um, it's one of the, there's a lot of factors that work in sure. and, and you, at, at, there are times where you just want to finish up the project, but you know, you, you still have to, you know, you still have to deliver. Mm. So, um, like I said, I, I was questioning, you know, did I, you know, did I let that one go a little bit, you know, and, um, it's, it's fantastic to hear that that wasn't the case. So um, it's not, it, yeah, it just was a character that I was unfamiliar with. It's not that I didn't care about it and, um, you know, didn't want to do a good job on it. Uh, I just, I just don't know that I just didn't know sure. the character. And then the other one was star. Star brand. Yeah. Uh, which I wasn't familiar. With. You see, I, yeah, like I said, I, I haven't seen all of the cards yet. So this is literally th my first time seeing this artwork. There's a lot oh, really? of, there's a lot of really deep cuts and obscure, like even like the Novar auto that I open. I'm like, I don't, I don't know who that is. I've literally never heard of them before. So there's, now, there's a, there's a lot of interesting, you know, deeper cut characters. Now star brand for me, cause I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm one of the few, the proud and the few new universe fans. <laughs> ah, so okay. I remember the OG, like John Byrne, um, uh, star brand from from that run um yep. but that's a different visual isn't it that's from a, a different incarnation because the star brand actually moves can move from person to person correct yep 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 so who's that one this is let's see if it says it on the back because yeah. it may say i think i think you're the yeah, holder the of the star brand at any one time anomalous event. kevin connor is this one. Oh, okay and he learned, uh, okay, here it says Comic Universe. He learned his origins from Ex Nilo, who was in the 2020 Masterpieces that Dave painted. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, uh, revealed he was behind the White event, which occurred when he tried to make Earth sentient. Connor kept close and joined the Avengers. Wow. Okay. Yep. There's a whole lot of history there that I probably don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go and get some reading done. And then um, who's next up? Uh, I think Tom. You think you told me this was your first one, right? She Hawk was that the first painting you did of this set? Yep. Yeah, yep. Yep. So I thought. So I love the I love the character She Hulk. Uh, I think and I don't remember how, the timing of the um, the TV show of when it came out. I think the TV show was 
recorded but didn't hit the air yet mm. so um i wanted to do a character i certainly needed a warm-up and i didn't want to jump right into black panther spider-man you know those two big ones uh uh immediately so she hulk was one of those characters where i was like you know this I, I I knew that I wanted to have her doing something with the tank, you know, holding up a tank. And it was uh, what I thought of as a warm up. And I'm getting uh, I'm getting some really good feedback on that one, too. Yep. Uh, it's really cool. I had a, good I, had a I had a lot of fun with that card. Uh, and um, it gave me after doing that card, it really gave me some juice to uh, look forward to you know, really diving into the project. I love it. I'm sure there's there's a push and pull too, Tom, isn't there between like putting in the tank details and like you talked about with Black Panther, you know, of, of being able to make it, you know, read really well at, at a full size painting, but then also legible at a at trading card size too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, and then there's always the challenge of keeping it simple enough where it reads as a tank. And then try finding some photo reference of the underside of a tank. <laughs> so you have to make up and, you know, it's, it's like, a, a you know, it's a little challenging with uh, getting the job done uh, with deadline. And then also, yeah, knowing that it's getting shrunk down to trading card size and still has to read um, clearly. Yeah. Wonderful. What's next? That's just brilliant. I've, I, I, half of these I've seen, half of them I haven't. This is Tigra. Oh, now is it Tigra or Tigra? So I've always said Tigra. Okay. But there, there is, I don't, there has never been a definitive answer. I don't actually as know, as yeah. Heard. I'm not sure. Um, I don't mind either way. She looks cool. Yeah. So this one here, it um, Tigra was a character that I've, you know, I've known forever not very attached to but i was known back in the day for doing a lot of pinup type of art and this gave me a chance to uh get back into that kind of um you know that yeah that pinup style and still the one thing that i do not want to do anymore is i don't want to do art that focuses is focuses just on the sexuality of the character that's not that I did that thing back then and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, now it's more about the character. So I wanted to create that pinup look, but really more focus on the uh, elements of the character that make, you know, the stripes, the claws, the, you know, the hair. And I wanted to create um, a main like look, you know, she's a, she's a cat. So I wanted to really exaggerate the hair to kind of get, look like a lion's mane uh -huh. and um had have fun with it and then still do that out of focus background that pops the character off and i, I think you do a lot of female characters in your personal work too don't you i did some, yeah i do yeah with some of like the the longer pieces that you've you've done and that that, that i know from ix it's a lot of them are, you know very dreamlike and and storytelling but it's cool to see that adapted over not just male superheroes it's it's nice yeah, exactly. Yes. Those, those, my fine art pieces um, mm -hmm. that I sell as G clays and things like that. Yeah. Those are all female characters for the most part. Um, and, you know, under various themes. Yep. Uh, you've just helped with, an, with another, I've never 
known how to pronounce that word. How did you pronounce it? Giclay? Giclay, yes. I've never known how to say that. I've always yeah. avoided, you know, when you don't know how to pronounce a word, so you go out of your way to avoid saying it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, G Clay, it's basically French for right. uh, ink, for inkjet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah. A lot of, a lot of, so technically, and I, I stick very uh, closely, I do not use the term G Clay without. Um, the parameters of what a G clay is. And it's an archival mm. process on archival, on archival medium with archival inks. Uh, it is actually not just a, an inkjet out of your printer. Yeah, so, yeah. Right. so I'm, I'm, you know, when I use the word G clay with my art, it means that yes, those um, I'm sticking to what it actually is. That's, that you know, I've learned something new today, which is brilliant because I've never understood that. So thank you. I mean, right. I could have asked Donny because yeah. Donny knows all this stuff. <laughs> Donny's 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 into his um into his fine art in a big way. Um, what's yeah. next, Donny? Next, what we've got? got Falcon. Yep. Oh, so yeah, Falcon. That was another one, and and the one thing that I really loved about this project was that it was all the versions of the classic character that mm. I grew up with. So there's a lot, I don't mind painting the more modern version sometimes, but there's some, I mean, let's face it, you know, if you get to paint the characters, the versions of the characters that, uh, you know, that when you were a kid, that influenced you as a kid, you're going to be more attached to it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The project. And this set was, uh, was that with all these characters it was all the you yeah. know all the classic versions and like this is clint barton in the hawkeye costume but there's also a kate bishop and i think there's even bring it closer another, bring it closer another, another hawkeye card there but we you go. see it's this one is specifically clint barton yep yep see i i love that i love that perspective it as well the- the big bow uh, in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, know, just looking down the um, yeah, with the bow and the arrow as well. It's lovely. There's quite a lot he's of layers. He's another to character. That. Yeah, he's another character that I've been wanting to paint for for a while. Can I just take a moment with that and the um, falcon card that you just showed mm-hmm. to, if you, if you can hold them both up. Sorry, I just thought it, it's good to take a moment here. See, Upper Deck have done something very clever here that they did with Marvel Masterpieces. They've allowed the painting to break through that foiling at the appropriate moments. Mm-hmm. So they've not completely covered it. Obviously, you've got the birds that, that are over the foil. They haven't gone over them with the foil. They've actually brought them forward, and um, and they've done the same with the um, uh, with the Hawkeye on the right there. So, you know, whilst, whilst the, the stripes have their... Um, concerns i think it's fairly safe to say that they've they've made that work they've they've not completely just steamrolled it over the um the background of the character yeah i wasn't sure i was i was gonna like the stripes but i I really don't mind it having that i mean it's and then when you get get to the parallels it's gonna make for an an interesting looking rainbow yeah i mind it less having seen you hold up more of them if that makes sense um especially with tom's work on it i'm just Blowing smoke up your ass now, Tom. Right, what else we got? <laughs> we got one. We have one more. Oh, that is Spider-Man. Yep. You've got it upside down. Nope. I'm kidding. 
<laughs> yeah. So I, it, I it was in the pack like this though. Like they did. Was it really? Mem oh, remember interesting. the remember the black cats that got flipped in masterpiece? Yeah, it was in the pack upside yeah. down. Ah, interesting. So this card, there's a little story behind it. Yeah, I, I caused some problems with this card. Um, and <laughs> yeah. I know this story. It's good. So, so I did the I did the um, the the sketch, sent it in, got approved, did the painting, and then uh, Sam was like there's going to be multiple tiers of approval that has to be that this painting has to go through because originally I painted the Chrysler building behind him and no longer, we're no longer allowed to do um, trademarked or copyrighted uh, images. I had no idea that buildings would be part of that. Yeah. And, I, and for some reason, it was just a weird thing that I've always wanted to paint Spider-Man with the Chrysler building. Um, not the Empire State Building, but the Chrysler Building because of the Art Nouveau. I'm a huge fan of it's Art Nouveau. It's a beautiful building. Yeah, It's a beautiful building. It's Art Deco. Uh, and I was like, wow, that would be a really interesting background with New York City. You know, growing up right outside of New York City, uh, did want, I wanted to do that landscape. So I did this. And the paint, and then Sam was like, oh boy, okay, we have to go through, there was a whole legal department, not just Marvel approving it, not just Upper Deck approving it, but they had to go through Marvel's uh, legal department. And though I waited, I mean, I think it was a couple of months of approval before I finally got the word that it's no, it's not good. They, I had to go in and actually change the um, the structure of the building so that it wasn't technically the Chrysler building. It wasn't technically the Empire State Building. And so what we decided was to take those archways, the design from the Chrysler Building, and square off a bunch of the those archways. And yet it's so all, yeah, gotcha. all, exactly. There's, there, so there's elements of Chrysler building, there's elements of, of uh, Empire State building, but it's not any of those buildings. It is a somewhat generic building and finally it got approved, but it took a long time before I was able wow. to, uh, yeah, it, yeah, it was a long time and I, was, I felt so bad that, you know, I mean, it just put unnecessary uh, uh, layers of approval on on the card fortunately it was spider-man so it was worth the you know it was worth it it wasn't you know a more obscure mm. character it's like oh my god why did we do this <laughs> um, yeah. and, and, and you actually you know toughed it out and did the webbing and i did the webbing yep and actually i have to say in that card i i even enjoyed it somewhat so <laughs> yeah well there you go there you go and, and i did want to do something a little bit different i thought it would be kind of fun and interesting to have them upside down and mm. so and and you know and of course it it creates uh, a little bit of you know a little bit of yeah exactly that is that is lovely i've got where where are they all i've got my black cats here somewhere so um uh, i can't i've i've lost them and my black cats have disappeared um <laughs> 
Dave Palumbo did his black cat for Masterpieces 2020, and she's upside down, coming through a kind of a skylight. Oh. It's here somewhere. I don't, I don't know where they've all gone. Anyway, um, she's upside down, coming through a skylight. And um, when I got uh, one of the printing plates, because they they not yeah. every set they've done it with this set, they yeah. released them and they put them in the packs. And for a character collector. That's an essential to have at least one of the printing plates. I mean, all four if you can get them, and that's a bit of a challenge, and I've done it on a number of occasions. But for Marvel Masterpieces, I've got the printing plate and the sticker on the back that says 2020 Master Masterpieces Black Cat, card 23, magenta, or whatever it is, was on the wrong way around because whoever had put the sticker on had looked at it and gone, oh, okay, it's got to be that way around. So it's yep. quite, it's, it's just quite funny. You sometimes do see that. So we'll wow. have to pay special attention to the backs of the printing plates for this right. one when they come out. Um, yeah, that's 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 cool. That's interesting. Um, uh, and I knew it was gonna it was gonna cause some you know some kind of like you know a little bit of uh, you know interest in issues or whatever with people and saying um, but I like the fact that it kind of does work both ways upside yeah. down and and right side up. It's part um, of the so fun. Yeah, it does. It's, it's, uh, it's, yeah. It's hanging yeah. or he's walking a tightrope. Because you got it, a little bit of right. web right here. You can see yes. it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm glad they didn't crop that out. Because sometimes you do little things like that and they crop it out and then it kind of loses that, uh, right. that effect. Um, but I also did the hands going off the um, off the page uh given that feeling that he's kind of like is he holding himself up between buildings or yeah, 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 yeah. it's the actual sides of the card you know <laughs> that kind of thing yeah that works quite well i mean i'll tell you what the thing is with this thick cardstock tom it's a bit of a commitment if you're going to go for the set okay so i have a question about this, this. is heavy <laughs> um yeah i these I are your have... these are your nine cards this is nine cards jeez it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, and overall, like, is the, so I would imagine that they, they're doing this on multiple sets and it, it's something that the collectors, um, that it does create a more um, uh, higher end perceived value or it, what's. Yes. Yes, it does. It's, it's certainly on the more premium and the original art sets that they started doing it on Marvel Masterpieces 16, 16 with Joe returning. That was the kind of the main one. They had done some thicker stock before, but not that thick. I don't, I don't believe. Right. Um, and there are some inserts that were really thick, like Marvel Gems had some lab created diamonds embedded in them, so they're like one hundred and thirty point thickness because they have to be. Oh, wow bear the um uh, the insert into the card um i think they do give it an element um a feeling of quality that's for sure but i know from for example marvel anime for the peach momoko set which is obviously a very different style but that was on kind of more regular i think 35 point stock i think mm -hmm. at most um yeah. and it certainly didn't feel the the lesser because of it um it's just a different kind of vibe so i think um an unbound fred ian's set which um, I'm sure you'll have seen um, around. Um, that's on regular cardstock yeah, as well. Thirty-five, yeah, yeah, um, and that um, again. So I think I think it does add because they've started doing it with Fleer Ultra Spider-Man seventeen and Fleer Ultra X-Men eighteen. Yeah. Uh, 
I, I get why they've carried on doing it. I think the challenge for people, not not least of which the storage, if you are going to go for a full set, I think the challenge is that a lot of people, a lot of the hobby nowadays is very condition sensitive, which is why you probably got that feedback on that thing. Yeah. Because there's a number of reasons. A lot more people grade the cards now. So with these cards, if you're going to grade a card, mm-hmm. you've not just got front and back and edges. You've now got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight corners ah, to consider. Of course. Um, the cutting across here is taken into account. So it's a lot more difficult to get higher grades on this thicker stock. Not impossible, but it is, you know, there's more, there are more things that can go wrong. There are more things that yeah. can trip you up, um, I guess, is, is the thing to say with it. Um, and then the other element, of course, is storage. Um, now, I'm a binder guy for the most part. Yeah, I'm moving to uh, one touches and the um, top loaders for some of my sets because that's my, you know, so autograph Marvel movie autograph cards i put in one touches now because they're they're kind of a different they feel different you know if uh, it's it's an autograph of a famous person it's part of your experience and connection with that that property so you kind of want to look after it um so but if you're going to be bindering it's yeah it is tough because you've got to consider if you're going to have these binders then they're going to stand upright one of the biggest challenges is you see it's sagging with the oh, weight. Yeah. So one yeah. of the biggest challenges you have if you're going to do this is not having too thick a binder. This is probably too thick. Yeah. You have to split it down across a couple of binders. Okay. Um especially if you're going to go for the like the parallels as well. Yeah. You think about the I mean this is the this is Fleer Ultra Spider Man 2017. This is the base set and most of the inserts, not all of them. Um, I'm going to be splitting this over two binders. I'm going to put the insert set, uh, the chase set, the base set into one, and then the opposite. And I'm going to slip case them, get those slip case binders, which means that the the pages can't sag below the frame of the binder. So it, it's possible to do it, but you've got to bear that in mind. And also, you've got to get the right type of pages so that when you slide the card in, you're not digging up the corners and that the pages have got enough give and there are certain brands that you've got to go with. So it's it's quite a commitment, Tom. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so no doubt about it. And, and, you know, I mean, this is this is the beauty of the of this uh, of this whole collectability, the passion that you guys have to actually do all that. I, you know, mm. my, you know, that's what allows us to make a living doing this stuff so you know i i have a hundred percent appreciation for all the efforts that the collectors go through to keep this stuff going it's Um, great fun i I do have a question for you Mm, so if you look it you know behind me is a bunch of the trading cards that i've done uh and they're in those uh screw down yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, the Ultra Pro ones, I think. The do, do BCW. Yeah. Yeah, BCW yeah. do them as well. Mm-hmm. So those are those available with the thickness of these cards? I I was going to ask you that very same question, actually, because I <laughs> I want to get that 3x3 three three yeah. into one of those, but I don't know if they make them thick enough. As of the last time I looked, they don't. But there's, <sighs> the, there's a guy on eBay that 
people post about in the group. I think it's like hardball, hardball. 34. He yeah. will, he'll make he one, but the, the BCW ones will only fit like, um, they'll fit like magic sized things. Mm. Gotcha. And, and that, that's okay. it. Okay. Cause that's the big question. Cause as you can see over, you know, over you my le left shoulder, there's a blank spot and I am looking, I, at some point, I wish they would make some uh, some of the screw downs to just hang and display mm -hmm. um, these cards. Because my la I think my last two sets, uh, the X Men set and uh, the one before that, I don't have hanging on my wall, and I would love to put them up with sure. the rest of the cards. There, there will be two coming. Um, it's going to be a Kickstarter in a couple of months. Uh, somebody's come up with a frame that you can stick a one touch in and then it's going to be oh, interchangeable i'll have uh, more oh, information wow. on that we debuted them at a, at a gallery show i put on for magic ap's back in january okay. they work really well i don't have one here because you heard my, it here I, first folks this, did, is, yeah. this is mind blowing you're right i, I sent mine out to the gallery because they needed it while they were waiting for the other ones they'll be back here on wednesday but um that could be an option for people with thicker cards because it will fit a regular one touch oh man wow. okay so donnie okay. uh when when that information comes I will support. So I, I will hit you up with it and we'll, I'll put yeah. it in the group. Cause it's, it was, you know, it was born from magic side, but it has a lot of sports and, and Marvel and, and crossover. Mm. Well, wow. Donnie, right, uh, I'm hoping Donnie will come back on the podcast and talk about it when yeah, he's ready to launch that. it. Sure. Yeah, can, yeah. You can have, maybe we can do some show and tell or images on the screen or, well, or I'll, I'll have, have some here. I'll make sure I say mm. when it, and it's, it's a product put out by hit point press. Okay. Um, so they do a lot of uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Five uh, E adventures, and and things like that. But they make a lot of cool gaming accessories too. So uh, I'm going to help those guys promote it a little bit. But it's a really neat thing. I've had them here in hand. I just don't have one now. Um, yeah, but I like I'll it. have some next week to to show off. Yeah. In the meantime, Tom, I'm going to hook you up after this with the contact's name of the guy who does that hardball. hardball so he does yep. make custom stuff. So if you cool. want something to get, you know, to get stuff on your wall. You know, yeah. in the meantime, um, then he he'll he'll pretty much make it to order because the thing is with the with the originals, of course, you've got ten of them, yeah. so he he he'll be able to do you a, a, a two rows of five, right? Ah, oh, okay. and it, his, his, his stuff is is good yeah, and it's yeah, not yeah. particularly expensive. Yeah, he does a good job. It's wow. really good. I can't remember his name now. He's I think it's Jeremy, someone. Anyway, well, I'll, I'll find his details and I'll swing them over to you. Fantastic, um, lovely guy. I've I've been meaning to get some some done as well because there's this is the other thing about these these sets tom is that <clears throat> gone are the days of not gone are the days i'm going to rephrase that it's very challenging and a little bit disillusioning now i think if you're someone who used to collect master sets back in the 90s Mm -hmm. because you could pretty much get a full set from a box two at the outside unless you yes. were going for the those gold printed signature ones which were a much more longer um thing nowadays people you know i mean donna you've opened that box how many cards did you get in the box uh it's 12 packs of six so 70, so 72, 72 but it's like i don't even have a full base set from from three boxes wow uh, and it's, and that's the thing mm. and there there's some duplicates and it's it's closer than I thought it would be. And I have one box left to go that I'm going to open today. But even for like your cards, Tom, I had eight of the base and then I had a vision green, but you know, it's, it, you, it's hard to even collect like a single thing. And I think an inner case is like six boxes. So, I mean, it's, it's quite a, a big thing to try to open boxes to collect a set.
it's it's really challenging. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Um, so yeah, that is a big difference because back in the day with us artists doing it in the nineties, when we finished a set, they would send us about 50 cards of each image that we painted and an unopened box. Wow. These days we get five cards of each and, and no product. So yeah, there's a huge difference of, you know, and now, you know, we know that it's way higher end now. The mm. boxes back in the day in the nineties, you know, you could get them at a, you know, Walmart, Target, whatever, you know, they were everywhere in drugstores. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. now I'm trying to do a signing at my local comic shop and my local comic shop doesn't know how to get product. So, and I've been in touch with Upper Deck and it's very difficult. I'm trying to get information of how to, you know, how to get product for my local comic shop and mm, yeah. um, struggling. It's challenging. It's challenging. It's- I mean, the, Sorry, go on, Don. Even for where I I live in Maryland, there's one store that can get the upper deck sets uh, regularly, and it's like an hour. So I I literally have to drive an hour each way to pick up my stuff. And there's they're they're a wonderful store. They you know they hold it till I can get there on the weekend, kind of thing. But that's it. I mean, even I live right on the Pennsylvania border. There's just there's just not. It's really hard to get cards if you're not buying them online. You try to support your your local place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is I'm, challenging. I'm, I'm, One of the things they are starting to do again, Tom, and they've started this about six months ago with Spider-Man Metal Universe, and they've done it on a couple of the MCU Disney Plus shows, WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier. This one, they are releasing blasters into Target, mm-hmm. and you can also buy them on the Upper Deck website. So for about 30 bucks, you can get, mm-hmm. I think it's three packs within the blaster ah, and it's yep. six cards and of course because it's thick stock you know that'll fill up the room in there so that might be an avenue for you tom if you if they want to get some stuff in um i know it's not ideal it's not the full hobby box but it's the same product just in a smaller yeah configuration yeah okay that's, that's worth that's looking good. into um but um but yeah but one of the things people do now is people that get much more creative with how they they collect so some people will go after a particular insert set um some people i I refer to it as choose your own adventure because the sets are so big with so many elements that they are trying to make it appeal to people who you know might want to do it in different ways you know so because you know as donnie mentioned it's very difficult to get a complete set so some people will be trying to put together those pieces that in this set the cards that are chess pieces so you got pawns, and you got all the pieces, yeah. and they're, they're literally. Donny, I'll have one here. I look like that. They're they're die cut, which are, yes. are really cool. Yeah, but this, I, I mean, I this set is them. is huge. Like wow. there, there's yeah. a ton of insert sets in this. I, it's gigantic, and yeah. subsets within the insert sets, and it's it's and parallels and limited versions of them, yep. and then there's acetate versions of. Yep. Uh, animation cell versions of the main base card art. So if someone wants to collect all of your all of your pieces, Tom, they could do it and then rainbow that and end up with 60, 70 cards. Wow. Just of those pieces of art that you did for the nine base cards. Jeez. All right. You know, wow. and then they've got the autograph versions to go for as well. Um, you know, it is a commitment. So, you know, I uh, personally speaking, I you know, I'm I'm much more 
choosy now because I've only got so much space <laughs> to, to store these things, you know. Um, but um, but there are some sets with this original art that you just have to get at least the base set of just to have that art. So Marvel yeah. Flare is one. Um, so I know Dave was on the Marvel Flare set in 2019, um, and the. Flare Ultra sets are the similar ones. Sorry, I'm looking at this card. I'm going to bring it up. This is not one of yours, but you did mention him at the top of the show, and I, I have a feeling you're going to be hanging with him on a live stream later on for someone else. Let's let's have a honourable mention for Ray Largo's Spider Man from Flare Ultra Spider Man 2017. Yeah, because that for me is what that's in my top five ever Spider Man cards. I just think it's a stunning card. Ray's awesome. Ray's, and, you know, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, he really, he's, he's, he's top notch. It's such a lovely card. Um, I, I do. He is on my wish list for this show. So, <laughs> and I, we, we've tried uh, to, to sync up a few times. So hopefully, we can have him come on and, and and talk to him, and he'll be like, "Oh, that Tom Fleming, I can't stand the sight of." No, he won't say that. At all, I'm sure. Um, but it, I, I do want someone to come on the show once and actually say, "Oh, yeah, yeah, this this such so and so here," and they'll spill some of the beans. But I'm sure it's not like that at all. Um, are you back out doing uh, cons again now? Are you back up and running with those? Oh, yeah. Yep, back up and running at cons. Uh, this year, I've actually added. Um, I added some more cons. I started really, really doing, you know, kind of going down to just the big ones, Dragon Con, Elux Con with IX now, yep. um, uh, Galaxy Con Raleigh, which is kind of like my back, you know, like very close to, it's only a couple hours from my house, um, and Awesome Con in DC. And I've added, uh, a couple of smaller ones this year. Um, I'm going to be doing, um, galaxy con richmond in a couple of weeks actually okay. so i'm looking yeah that's going to be my first show of the year uh geez march uh, it's it's at the end of march i think possibly the last weekend of march and then um yeah then we get then we get up and running with the uh once the spring and summer hits and i i love doing conventions a lot of artists you know complain about it um it does take time away from the uh drawing table but I love talking to people. I love being able to meet the people that are supporting my career. And uh, I can't tell you how much appreciation I have uh, for all you guys out there. Um, so yeah, the conventions, I don't do commissions anymore conventions because I do not want to uh, have my head down feel like deadlines i want to be able to interact and that's why i'm there so to me it's like okay i'm selling prints i'm selling stuff and i'm making you know that it's the prints are taking care of it i don't need to um you know sit with my head down and just draw and ignore uh the people that want to talk yeah yeah no that's cool i, I went to my first ever us con last year um in Boston, and it was just a, a beautiful experience. So I'm oh, keen excellent. to repeat it. Keen to repeat it. Um, I think that was more of a one of the shoulder to shoulder ones that you mentioned at the start of the um <laughs> before we started recording. But I did get my photo with uh, Jonathan Frakes from Star Trek, so I'm a very happy man for that. Right. And I did meet. Who did I meet? I met Rene Witterstatter, who we subsequently oh, yeah. had on the podcast. 
uh, I met Joe St. Pierre and I met uh, Joe Rubenstein as well. So, yeah, All right, I, awesome. I had a great time. I had a great time. I came away with some beautiful pieces of art and some beautiful prints. Yeah. Um, and all those people, you know, that's the, that's also the nice thing. So mm. as you're saying these names, um, we don't, you know, a lot of us artists are sitting in our studios alone, not interact. And it yeah. gives us a chance to um, have that camaraderie, talk shop, you know, mm. do some, uh, you know, do some complaining about the industry, uh, sharing, <laughs> you know, sharing our, you know, both good and bad and yeah. whatever. It's, and there's some conventions that you only, you know, I only get to see, you know, some friends once a year at mm. certain conventions. And I really look forward to that. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. Are they now? This is kind of a lead into what I was going to give you an opportunity. So tell people where folks can find you online. And my follow up question was: Be do you put your convention appearances on your online presence so people know where they can? Okay, so yeah, I do, and I I know I desperately have to update my website, uh, my appearance page. That that needs to be done. And now that you say that, I'm going to do that as soon as we get off uh, finishing up with, with this talk. Um, I do have to, because uh, there was conventions that I've added that um, I haven't updated my website, gotcha. but generally most of my announcements, uh, I don't do quite as much on my website as I used to. It's all, it's all Instagram and Facebook for the most part. I have two pages on Facebook um, before I had the professional page, the art of Tom Fleming I didn't realize that you can do this was back in the day when Facebook was really just starting to grow and everything. Mm. And I had my personal page and they max you out at 5,000 friends or friends, friends. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, I don't do anything personal on social media. It's all about the art. And um, I don't get into any of that any politics or any kind of conversation it's all about art that's my only interest in on social media and um uh so i maxed out the 5000 friends and i leave a slot of i think around 10 to 15 open for um for professionals like you know like i know i you know i know we're connected um but yeah if there's ever editors art directors or you know professional mm. uh, where I don't want to be maxed out. I want to add them because I get way more interaction on my Tom Fleming page for some reason than my art of Tom Fleming page. And the it's, art of Tom it, I think it's probably because one's a personal profile. Yeah. And Facebook exactly. always prioritize personal connections. Always. It's something to do with their authenticity algorithm or whatever it is. Oh, okay. Then that's the answer. That's the exact reason why. Um, yeah. The art of Tom Fleming is, I mean, I still, I'm still getting some, uh, some great feedback and interaction now, but the other one is by far more active, but mm. I, everything I post is on both pages and then on Instagram. Um, I don't do quite as much on Instagram, but I tried to share all my Facebook announcements. I don't get as much interaction nearly on Instagram as I do on Facebook. But um, those, yeah, social media and then a little bit of Twitter. Yeah. But yeah, but the social media stuff is is really working well. Facebook is by far number one. And um, and now I even avoid eBay with the uh, original art sales 
I'm doing, um, uh, I did an experiment with my Wolverine painting from the uh, 2017 set. Was that the Spider-Man? Yeah, that's the Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I reacquired that painting by chance and um, did a organic live auction on Messenger. So that's the way I do it now is on Messenger. And I set a start time and an end time. And usually it's like a Friday through a Sunday and then noon on Sunday. um, I do that soft ending of like if somebody puts in, I don't want sniping. So if somebody puts in a bid, it adds five minutes. And if there's no bids by the end of the five minute, boom, auction over. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Clever. Yep. Okay. And I announced nice. all of that on eBay. I mean, on eBay, Jesus. On, uh, <laughs> on social Facebook. media, on, yeah, yeah, on yeah. Facebook. Mm. Um, and, you know, I always announce stuff on uh, on the um, the Facebook groups, which you has do. been mm. huge. You know, you guys have been awesome uh, s- supporters of, you know, being able to get the stuff out there. Uh, and I'll, you know, if, if allowed, I'll announce, you know, I'm going to be selling the actual the original Spider-Man painting first. That's coming I, up. I was going to yeah. ask how you were going to do those, if it's going to be auction, but if, yeah, if you announce it and definitely promote it out to the, to the groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah um, definitely. Um, unless until there's a reason I have a, I, I compiled, um, an announcement list of everyone that is interested, that's shown interest in original art. And I'll be blasting um, through Messenger and updating everybody and letting them know, like, hey, Friday, starting Friday at uh, you know seven o'clock or something, I'm going to be, I'm going to. Here's the um, the base uh, bid that I'm starting with, and then anybody interested can can bid. And every time I get a bid, I'm going to update everybody that gotcha. puts cool. in a bid and give give the option of. Uh, you know, of doing it that way because eBay is just getting too much. Their their fees are killing us. You pay a fee for you know the final you know listing fee. You pay yep. PayPal for there. It's yep. like after I paid, I think I sold the Hawkeye piece um, for this set on eBay pr- prematurely, and they I think I lost like fourteen or fifteen percent at the end of the day. Yeah, and it's about fifteen. Yeah, fifteen percent. Yeah, and it's it's crazy. Yeah. So you know, yeah. um, like that's what I said. Try to be, you know, I want everybody to understand that sometimes it's not ideal for you for the collectors, but we have to, like it's so important for us to be able to make a living doing this, and um, and it's been so many years of underselling my art that I'm watching this stuff that I sold for nothing years ago in 2017 and 1995, where it's being sold for, you know, five, 10 times the amount that I sold it for. And, you know, and I'm all for that. Good. I mean, you guys supported and, you know, I sold the stuff, you know, that's how I made a living. But now I'm at a little bit more leisure where I can hold on to it and actually get, you know, and get the value that I need to get to make a living these days. So there's a practicality, there's a passion and a practicality that have to kind of come into balance with this stuff. Yeah, makes sense. And also the time it takes to do it. Yeah. And and yeah. If you've got nine pieces, it's bad enough. But if you, you know, if you're doing 
uh, who was it? Um, last week we were talking to Dave Palumbo, and he he um, uh, it, it was crazy. I think he he did his um, original artworks for Masterpieces 2020 in batches, but that was still quite yeah. a bit of work. It, it was 135 paintings, uh, but minus the couple that he gave away and, and kept, and it was over like 10 weeks, 10 at a time, and yeah. it was. But it's you know that was the only way to do it. It's a lot of work to get out there, and you don't want to let it linger, but you also don't want to sell it too fast. Mm. So that's the um, that's where I'm at now is um, realize that like you know I've been told that there will be that it's it's beneficial to actually wait for the set to be released before um, selling the original art because it then there is a published value. And if you, you know, if, if the collectors are going to be investing this money in the original art, they want to know that for sure this is going to be released and is going to be an official piece. Uh-huh. Um, so I understand that. So that's this is the first set that I've ever waited to re- release the original art or at least most of it uh, after the release date. And yeah, we painted this stuff in 2020, 2020. So I, you know, it's been three years of sitting on this, on this, um, on this work and chomping at the bit of like, my God, people asking for it and having to put, you know, having to put them off and I feel terrible doing it, but you know, it's an experiment and I, yeah. And what, what can you do? Yeah. So yeah, finally, I think um, you're right too, Tom, because I mean, you'll be amazed, especially with a character like Spider-Man. Some of these limited parallels of Spider-Man will see high three-figure numbers. You know, the printing plates will be up there yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you, you, there are schools of thought in the hobby. You know, everyone's got different tastes and different values. But you consider the fact that some sketch cards by, for example, uh, let's use Joe Jusco as an example. He doesn't do many sketch cards. He did a few for Masterpieces 2016. He's, yeah. he's admitted on this podcast that they're not his favorite things to do. Um, but you could buy one of his sketch cards. You could also spend the same amount of money commissioning him to do a bit of work. <laughs> so, you know, it's wow. crazy, you know, uh, when you think about that, that value. Just out of interest, have you ever tried sketch cards? Have you ever been asked to do them? Or is it too small for you? Okay, so the sketch card thing, I have a um, – back when sketch cards – started i believe if and i could be off on this but um rittenhouse archive was one of the first uh places that started doing those sketch cards and they did like star trek and other themes and they had the marvel license so yeah so the sketch cards that i was offered back then they were offering like two three dollars a sketch and to me, that's just downright insulting. Mm. Like original art for three dollars, uh, you know. And they're like, "But yeah, but you could do a hundred of them." And I'm like, "Yeah, a hundred sketches for three hundred bucks. Like that is complete." Now I understand that there's young artists, up and comers, that want to get that brand, the Marvel brand, and they want to be, um, they want to say, like, "Yes, I've done Marvel work." And that makes sense because, you know, everybody has to pay their dues and stuff. But financially, um, and I know things have evolved and changed. Sure. So I'm, I'm, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn because I know things are different now. Um, it just never made financial 
uh, sense to for original art to to do original art at the prices that um, that I've been offered. Mm. So in this, I know that um, Upper Deck offered me an original uh, sketch project to do a few, but I couldn't answer yes or no in time. And they were like, li we literally need an answer right now. And it passed me wow. by. Okay. So, which is fine. But, you know, it was fine for both of us. They, they got out of their jam. They found an artist to do it. And, um, and I wasn't able to commit within a few hours or, you know, within 24 hours. So I don't know, like, you know, like you said, like, what does a, you know, what does a Joe Jusco sketch card go for? Um, you're talking, well, and I know Joe's rates are higher than this, so it's probably the wrong example, but you're talking about two, 3,000. Okay. First. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I don't know how nice. much, I don't know how much obviously he was paid. It would have been a different deal than a sketch card artist because obviously he's that creator. So I think it was like a bolt on to the contract, I guess. But, um, if you if you're working on sketch cards, I think the rates are still pretty low. Yeah, to be they're, fair, I don't they're, know. they're not much different for a lot of a lot of artists than what you described mm. from way back then. That's different for everybody, but yeah, okay. So I think the value now is if because I know they give you um, a small handful of artist proofs that you can yep. sell to yourself. Yep, and if they're selling if they're selling in the thousands, that changes everything. Because now you have a, you know, now you have a significant paycheck to, um, you know, to one, take care of Upper Deck, who has been really good to me. And I don't want, there is, you know, there, I have, I have no complaints about the way they've treated me. It's very, very much the opposite. So if that's going to help them out, then, and make sense for me, I'm, I'm for it. It just got to make sense for everybody, and yeah. sketch cards never did make sense for me in sure. the past. Mm. So I'm open to you know hearing about uh, you know other you know other options and you know what they offer now. Hopefully they'll be listening to this and furiously scribbling down and going right. <laughs> get Tom on the phone. Get Tom on the phone. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, let's uh, see if uh, we can crush out a deal. Yeah, and and it's you know it's it, it's all good. It's all good. Um, I, I I've I've rambled away. You've rambled away. Donnie, did you have anything else you wanted to ask? Sorry, I've, no, I've 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 asked all all my questions. I really oh, I wanted to hear good. about about card art. That's that's my jam. So good, well, good. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I'll 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 give you one quick story about with card art um, because you mentioned the uh, what was it two thousand eighteen flare or uh, uh twenty nine flare twenty nineteen it was yeah yeah nineteen mm. yeah. So um, I, you just mentioned that and it triggered a, a, a little story, a memory um, that said I did. Uh, they I only had time to do two cards and they gave me Venom and the Punisher. Of course, right at the time of the cards being done and the deadline uh, really coming up to hit me. Uh, I live in North Carolina and uh, Hurricane Florence came in was was coming in mm. as my deadline approached and um and i literally started working around the clock because i knew my power was going out and finished finished venom the day the hurricane hit did all hurricane prep you know prep uh prep and all that kind of stuff 
and uh, had to tip my in-laws came to stay with us for safety and wound up the power went out and I wound up painting that Punisher card by candlelight and on my back deck. Goodness. So, talking about, um, you know, deadline challenges. Uh, it was <laughs> a horrific hurricane that lasted like four days. Um, you know, it was like moving at like three miles an hour and just lingered over. Wow. Drowned the, the city. And, uh, I finished that painting during the hurricane. Uh, I lived by the airport. So my power came on one of the first uh, neighborhoods in Wilmington. The power came on momentarily. I literally ran to my computer, scanned it in, emailed the, uh, the file to Upper Deck, and they responded like, I, I hit a deadline during the, and they're like, we're watching the news and your, your city is <laughs> underwater. You know, what's going on here? How did, you know, and I, you know, and I was like, that, that's, <laughs> that's, that's how serious I take my deadlines. I was like, that's, uh, that's that professional. I mean, that's how professional you are on a punishing schedule. On a, on a punisher by candlelight. Yeah. Punisher by candlelight. <laughs> <laughs> You're onto something there. We could, we could, we could do like a thing that. about that. We could do yes. a thing about that. That's good. That's good. Tom, thank you so much for for giving up some of your Sunday. I know, I know, weekends aren't, aren't great for you, so I really appreciate this. Um, and of course, Absolutely. daylight saving times for you guys. You've all lost an hour in bed. Yes. Oh my God! Yeah, I was up late last night watching the uh, the UFC fights and uh, and forgot that it was uh, spring. You know, spring, spring ahead. Forward, lose forward. that hour. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm I'm glad we got this done finally. We've been talking for a while, and uh, and I know that it's been a little bit tough uh, coordinating. But um, you know, my appreciation goes out to everyone out there. Thank you for um, you listening. If you're listening right now, and um, and making making it possible for me to make a living doing this. We got we got you. Thank you, Tom. Ble- yep. Blessed to Thank have you. you here. Really appreciate it, Tom. You remember I asked you if you wouldn't mind signing off the episode. Did you you wrote down two magic words, didn't you, sir? Oh, absolutely. And I and you know, I mean, put all the important things in life aside and enjoy collecting. Hey, <laughs> you heard the man. You heard the man. Go ahead and enjoy it. Go and enjoy it. There we go. Thanks for listening to the Marvel Card Collectors podcast. Tasting notes and visuals for each episode can be found on our Facebook page. We're on most social media at the MCC Pod, and you can also watch the video of each episode recording on our YouTube channel. Leave us a voicemail via our home on anchor.fm forward slash MCCP. We're also on iTunes, Spotify, and all major podcast platforms. Please take a second to subscribe, like, and review our show wherever you find us. Our Facebook community is at MCCW Marvel Car Collectors Worldwide and MMC Marvel Masterpieces Collectors. The great music we use on our audio version is called Rocket Power by Kevin McLeod. Thanks to the collectors, artists and creators who support the Marvel Cards Fan Collective. We'll see you next time and remember, it's a small hobby but a fun one. Make mine Marvel and enjoy collecting.